In uh, Psalm 34, we began last week on a new series we're calling The Life of Praise. And praise and thanksgiving and worship affects the environment and the atmosphere. The psalmist said, God inhabits the praises of Israel. And we are today the Israel of God, the New Testament says. God inhabits. Well, what does that mean? Well, he manifests himself in that kind of expression and environment. In our text here in Psalm 34, if you found it, Psalm 34. Let's read it out loud together, these first three verses. Before we do, let's pray just a little bit further. Release our faith. How many know that utterance and service is not just all up to the preacher? I mean, they have their part. But uh, I shouldn't just come and look at you. And you shouldn't just come and look at me. Right? (laughs) We should have our eyes, our heart on the Lord. Right? Looking to Him. Waiting on Him. Listening to Him. So, Father, we thank you so much for the privilege of being your children and your people. We come together tonight before you, reverencing your spirit, all you've done, the redemptive work of our Lord and Master Jesus, reverencing your word, your spirit, who is our teacher and our guide. We ask and agree together as touching this thing about utterance tonight and about direction We ask for everybody, for eyes that see and ears that hear. Grant us, Lord, the the revelation, the illustrations, the comparisons, the application, the understanding. And we'll not be forgetful hearers, but by your grace we'll be doers, practicers, those who live by what you say. And we know as we do, we will be blessed because you are faithful to watch over your word and to perform it in our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody said out loud, I'm a doer. I'm a doer. I'm a doer of the Word of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, uh, Brother Kenneth Hagin, my spiritual father in the faith, who's in heaven now, uh, he, he used to say this. He said, no, no minister can do more than the crowd will allow them to. No preacher, no teacher can do more. And sometimes people might think, well, is that right? Well, think about Jesus in his own hometown. The Bible said he could there. Didn't say he decided not to. Mark 6, 5, and 6, if you want to read it sometime. Could there do no mighty works. Save he laid his hands upon a few. And they were healed, and and it's the implication is minor problems. They were... Uh, The implication is there were no mighty miracles of blind eyes or or deaf ears or lame people. And didn't say Jesus decided not to do it. Said what? (laughs) Couldn't. Why? Well, the Bible said they were offended at him. Said that they said, this is uh, uh, Joseph and Mary's boy. Who is he? Standing up saying he's anointed. Well, see, they didn't receive him. They didn't receive the anointing on his life. They didn't receive uh, the word through him. And so he was unable. I know that a lot of people don't like that word, but that's what the Bible said. He could not do certain things there. And so uh, the rapport and the camaraderie is so important in services that we all come together respecting the things of God and believing with the ministers. Not just me tonight, but a lot of you have home churches. You're visiting with us and believe with your ministers. And uh, any minister that's got any understanding knows that they cannot do one thing without the Lord, Amen. right? Unless the Lord gives you utterance, you just, you, you can study till you fall out your chair and, and doesn't mean you're going to be anointed, doesn't mean you're going to know anything. We're vessels, Amen. right? And, and the, the, my desire is to have uh, services where the people leave and I don't care if they knew I was speaking or not, but they, they leave thinking, man, God was there. Oh, man, I heard from God tonight. I received from the Lord. Now, man, that, that's all that matters, right? But 
we, you know, I'm, I'm so glad to see that the Lord is building here in our church family uh, a camaraderie, a, a fellowship, right? Fellowship means, literally means sharing in common, communion. It means a sharing things in common. And when we come together and we want the same thing, we have the same strong desires and the same faith and the same reverence and respect, God meets us. He meets us. And he manifests. I mean, this stack of testimonies that Phyllis has every week is proof positive, right? God is meeting us. I mean, we, we have seen and heard healing of every kind of problem and, and deliverance from every kind of financial difficulty and pro- marriages restored, mental problems. I mean, on and on and on and on. We need to stir ourselves up and realize things are happening. God's doing things. Amen. Because the devil always, te- he wants to tell you nothing's going on. I was, I was telling Phyllis the other uh, not, well, actually, she and I both were talking about it, something that some people had prayed for us. And I mean, while they were praying, we got miraculous answers. But we hadn't, we hadn't really seen them and hadn't really told them, you know. And I said, we got to tell them because, see, the devil, he always wants you to believe nothing's happening. That's right. right? I mean, the de- that's one of his favorite things. All day long and all night long, it didn't work. It's not happening. Yeah. Nothing's happening. Nobody's getting anything. That's a lie. There's all kind of things happening for those that are not blind. Right? There's all kind of things going on for those that can see and will hear. That's why we tell it. The Lord told us to tell it, but there's many reasons why we tell it. I mean, you've heard us get up and tell that somebody got a new pocket knife. I mean, we're going to tell about the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living right here. Right now, you tell it too. And I'm getting ahead of myself just a wee bit. But uh, I guess we should read our text. Psalm 34. Now you might think I was just meandering around, but I wasn't. You know what I was checking out and working on? Let me give you a little behind the scenes stuff here. Our camaraderie. So uh, while I was talking about it, it begins to thicken and get stronger. Right? You with me, me with you, we're believing together. Right? Very important. Because if you don't have that to a certain degree, you just can't get into certain things. And so uh, we're together, you and I. Right? All this family. And uh, we're expecting together, believing together, and God meets us. Psalm 34. Let's read it out loud together. Verses 1 through 3. I will bless the Lord. At all times, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Not just in my mind. What? If it's in your mouth, somebody can hear it. Right? In my mouth. Keep reading. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Hallelujah. That's what we're doing. That's what we're going to do. Right? We're not just going to be hearers only. We're going to act on this. If we acted on this, what would we be doing? Huh? How often? All the time. Not just a silent thought, but in my mouth, right? Not magnifying ourselves, but magnifying Him, right? Glorifying Him. And not just doing it uh, all by ourselves, but He said, let us do it. That's public, right? Together. How many believe every church ought to be filled with the praise of God? I mean, the real thing. Filled with the real praise, real worship, real thanksgiving. Under God. Now, uh, last Friday we went into some detail about what did we talk about? Anybody remember? Hmm? When to praise the Lord. Now I know that might sound too simplistic for you, 
But it's not just what you think or what I think. We went to the Bible and scripture after scripture that said we're to praise him every morning. Yes. Right? Yes, sir. And we're to praise him when the sun goes down. Yes. And we're to praise him at midnight. Yes. Right? Yes. And we praise him all the time. Yes. Continually and all. I mean, we saw. So when do you praise the Lord? Well, every morning, right? And every evening and at midnight. Did anybody practice that this week? Did anybody wake up and praise the Lord? Say, praise you, Lord. I praise you for this day. I praise you. Don't slap the alarm clock and grumble. (laughs) That's unchristian-like, right? Don't. How many know it's better than fussing at people on the road driving Recklessly. You better be in faith. Right? Praise God for your angels. Somebody about runs you off the road. You don't lay in the horn and and some people cuss, I guess. Or some other stupid, dumb thing. What do you do? If you're smart, you go, thank you, Lord, for my angels. Thank you, Lord, for looking out after me. Thank you, Lord. It may happen to a thousand on one side and ten thousand on this side, but it won't happen to me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. And sometimes you need to realize, I know people like to watch news and that kind of thing, but you know, some of it is just strife. Just arguing and fussy. Don't fill your automobile and your house with that stuff. Right? Learn to turn it off. Because uh, strife, the Lord told me this some years ago, and man, I can see it so clearly. Strife is the manifest presence of the devil. It's the very environment of hell. So don't let strife come into your house and your ears through all these mediums. No, peace. God's called the God of peace. Peace is the manifest presence of God. And you'll find that while you praise God in your car and you praise God in your house, the peace will just get thicker and thicker. Hallelujah. Until you can have greater manifestations of the presence and glory of God in your bedroom. Amen. In your living room. In your yard. On your porch. Glory to God. Wouldn't it be grand? Just be sitting on your porch and the glory of God gets so thick that you couldn't see out beyond your porch. You're just sitting there in your rocking chair going, oh, glory to God. God, you filled up my porch. Huh? That's not far-fetched at all. Not far-fetched at all. But I tell you, it won't happen with you griping. It won't happen sitting there fussing with your wife. Right? Fussing and fighting, you have strife manifested. Well, who's in that? That's the devil. No, but praising God and thanking God and giving glory to God. How many believe that's what this place is filled with and will be filled with even more, right? Praise on the grounds. Every usher praising the Lord. Every grounds worker praising the Lord. Everybody in the office praising the Lord. Right? Praising the Lord. Bunch of work come in. Bunch of mail come in. A bunch of orders come in. You don't go, whoo. That's a lot of orders. You go, oh, praise God. Glory to God. Look at what God's doing. Look how much is going on. Right? You do that on your job too. Right? Job security. (laughs) Look at all these orders. Look at all of this. Look. Thank you, Lord. And then you can go ahead and say, thank you for strength. Thank you, <laughs> thank you for strength and brightness. Thank you for help. Faith and thanksgiving are intertwined. Faith is a thanksgiver. And when you believe that you've received something that you do not yet see or feel, what's the most natural thing to say after you've prayed and after you've asked the Lord for it or sown seed and claimed? Now what do you do? You don't see it yet. You don't feel it yet. What's the most natural thing? If you believe he heard you, you believe he granted your request, you believe the money's on the way, you believe things are working out, the most natural thing to say is thank you. I don't see it yet, but I know it's happening. Thank you. Thank you. I still feel pain in my body, but I know you've heard me and I believe I received my healing. Thank you for healing me. Thank you for making me whole. Thank you. Thank you. 
It's just a better life, isn't it? Well, so we talked in some detail about when you should praise the Lord. Well, tonight I want to go on to another great big area. It is where. That wasn't too much excitement. That's all right. Where? Where should we praise the Lord? Now, you may think you already know the answer, but don't be presumptuous. It's not a matter of what you think or what I think, what the Bible say. Where should you praise the Lord? Where? Well, I got stirred up today while I was looking at some of these things. This is a lot bigger than you think at first here. Go with me, if you would, to the book of Psalms 78. And look at this. We're asking and answering the question, where should you praise the Lord? In Psalm 78 and verse 1. Give ear, O my people, to my law, the Lord says. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I'll utter dark sayings of old which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us. Now verse 4. We will not hide them from their children. Showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he has done. Where should you praise the Lord? Here's the place. In front of your children. Right? In front of your kids and your grandkids and your great grandkids. Right? And your great great grandkids. You live long enough, you can see a lot of them. But praising the Lord in front of, before the generation to come. He said, we will not hide these things from the children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he has done. In Isaiah 38, you don't have to turn there. You're close by, I guess. You could. But either way, Isaiah 38 and 19. Isaiah 38, 19 says, The living, the living, he shall praise you as I do this day. The what? The father to the children shall make known your truth. Everybody say the father to the children. Where should you praise the Lord? You should praise the Lord at home. Right? In front of your children. Now, most any Christian would agree with this, but how many of you understand this is not happening like it should? No, it's not. A lot of times people like to kind of pretend, well, yeah, yeah, we know that. We're doing, no, no. This is where these basics, it's like reading your Bible every day. How many understand people are not doing that? I'd be foolish to think everybody at Faith Life Church is acting on it. A lot of people are not. A lot of people are knowing my heart. A lot of people that started, they've, you know, let other things come in and they quit and it's fell by the wayside. And other people try to say, well, I just read the Bible as the Lord leads me. What's one got to do with the other? Where's the conflict? You can still read the Bible any way the Lord leads you to. Right? But if this is your church and you respect me at all, you know, there's very, very few things that I've told you we should do. Right? This is one of them. I didn't do it because I pulled it off the top of my head. I did it because I got direction. Right? This is what we should do. We read our Bible every day. At least that one chapter, right? Monday through Friday. And I'm going to keep saying it. You're going to keep hearing it. On and on and on. You say, well, I don't like it when you say it because it makes me feel bad. Well, start doing it and then you won't feel bad. (laughs) You're just putting me under condemnation. It's not me doing that. That's your own heart. Right? (laughs) Uh, No. But... 
It's that kind of thing. You know, we like to think, well, everybody's giving and everybody's tithing. Uh, you wish. Amen. That's just not reality. And it's because of carnality. It's because of fleshiness. And we all live in this world. And so many times there's more natural input than there is spiritual input. And so people let the spiritual slide. And it costs you. And the real play, a lot of times people don't see it, but the enemy's subtle in this thing. It doesn't appear that it's costing you so much at the time, but then something comes up, a crisis or an issue, and you're not ready. Your faith is not there. You need to be led, but your sensitivity, you hadn't been being developed. And it's like, you know, I've seen this many times. People, you know, if things are rocking along pretty good, they lay out of church, they don't read their Bible, they don't pray for months are longer, and then something come up, and they want to run in, and they want the ministers to give them in an hour session what they should have been getting two or three, five times a week for the last eight months. Well, you can't do it. God's merciful. He'll help you. He'll bail you out, but it won't be like it would have been. Did you hear me? A lot of things could have been avoided entirely if we'd have obeyed. How many believe God is never behind the enemy? Never. If we walk close to him, we will always be what? Ahead. We'll always, but we're not ignorant of his devices. We'll always be ahead of things. And I've seen, you know, there's been times when I didn't walk close enough to the Lord and I wasn't ready when something came up. And there's been other times when I did listen and I was ready. And that is so much better, man. You know, the Lord been dealing with you about something. And so you'd been reading, you'd been praying, you'd been studying, you'd been obeying, you'd been giving. And this thing comes up and you just know. Huh, I got this. I'm ready. That's what the Lord's been getting me ready for, right? I'm prepared. But the other way, how many know what I'm talking about? It's a bad feeling when you didn't study for the test. And now you're sitting there <laughs> with your pencil in your hand watching the clock. Thinking, boy, I'm glad this is multiple choice. But you still don't know. But when you're prepared, it's so much better. Right? So uh, that's what the Lord is doing, you know, uh, in his churches and with his people. And, and we must become doers of reading the word daily. We must become doers of praising God at the house. Are you with me now? I got a lot more to go, but if the Lord doesn't lead us otherwise, we'll just camp on this all night. Because it's not what you know, it's what? It's what you do. It's what you do. So praising the Lord at the house. I know it sounds like, you know, people hear it and think, oh, yeah, yeah, I know that, Brother Keith. No, no. Are you doing it? Check up on yourself. When's the last time your children heard you praising the Lord, not doing something for their benefit? They just came up behind mama in the kitchen and heard her. They just came up behind daddy in the garage. And heard him. He didn't know anybody was around. And heard you. Giving glory to God. Praising God. You see you've got a lot of folks. I've run across this numerous times. That they want to impose certain things in the church. If I've heard this. Now I hadn't heard it that much in this church. Thank God. But I've had a lot of dealings in other churches for the past. You know. Number of years. And. I've heard people come, their song leaders and their pastors asked me and said, well, so-and-so, they think the praise doesn't go long enough, that they're not getting in enough. And so many times, the reason that is, is because they don't praise at home. Did you hear me? And because they are slow to get in. They want to blame it on the leaders. They want to blame it on the ministries because it takes them so long to get in. But how many believe you ought to be in when you walk in the door? Prayed up, read up, praised up, got your offering in your hand, right? (laughs) Now, what if the whole church came to church like that? Whoo! But see, you got folk that drag in, you know, all they've done is watch 50 hours of TV. Not Christian. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? And done all kind of stuff and thought about all. And they're cold. And they're dry. 
And they come in and plop down and go, y'all got to get me up. Y'all got to sing me and praise me up and get me up. Y'all got to help me. And won't even get in, just kind of sit there and watch. I don't feel very moved. (laughs) And then the presence of God begins to, you know, it's so strong that eventually toward the end they go, yeah, I'm I'm just getting started now. And oh, why are y'all quitting? Why are y'all quitting? Well, you're slow. Don't blame it on everybody else. You're slow to get in. Cold and dry. Because people don't praise at home. I'm understand if everybody were just praising and thanking and worshiping God as a lifestyle at home, how long would it take them to get in? I mean, when you heard the first notes on the instruments, whoo, we're there. You're there. Here we go. Right? And we have to be led. I mean, uh, everything takes time. And if you take all your time on one thing, you don't have it for something else. We just got to be led. But people talk that way. And the same thing with prayer. We all don't pray long enough. Well, so many times the reason that is because they don't pray at home. And they come and they want to try to do all their personal praying and all their business praying and everything praying. And they're not supposed to be doing that at all. They're supposed to be praying about the church and what the leaders are leading them. You understand what I'm saying? But because they don't do it at home, then they try to do it all right now. It's the truth. You don't, you don't look to other people to do all your praying for you. You don't look to other people to do all your praising for you, right? You do your own at home, and it makes for a different house. It makes for a different home. You get up praising God, right? And you are unashamed. Everybody say unashamed. unashamed. You are unashamed to praise God in front of anybody, most especially your kids. I know I have some great memories of my home and I spent time with my grandparents and with my parents you know visiting with my grandparents I mean thank God my folks stayed together and loved each other all of our lives and still are today but I, my dad worked off sometimes at night and I remember we had a little bitty house three room not three bedroom three room and uh, I remember my brother and I we slept in the uh, they're just a thin, thin wall between our little place where we slept and where my parents slept. And I remember waking up in the middle of the night as a little boy, sensing the presence of God. That's what woke me up. And my mom is laying in the bed, praying in tongues like a house of fire. <laughs> now, we had a, you know, the little bitty, not fancy house, but now how many understand that something, that environment makes a house a home. I mean, that's, you can't buy that. I mean, you can put the finest crystal and the finest furniture, but if it's cold and no presence of God, it ain't a home. But how much better if you have both? <laughs> right? <laughs> Go ahead and have the fine stuff, but full of the presence of God. How many believe God could manifest on a marble floored room with nice chandeliers? Sure. Heaven is nice, right? I remember my, you know, going visit with my grandparents and my grandmother was a praying woman and, and had, you know, visitations of the Lord and just sensing the presence of the Lord. She put me in their, one of their little rooms. And of course it was an old house and it was cold. So you had like 12 quilts. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, they'd tuck you in, and you're just laying there like this. I mean, you, you can't even hardly turn over, you know. <laughs> I mean, your nose is cold, and your feet are sweating. But uh, she gave me books as a boy by Oral Roberts and by um, Brother William Branham and different ones. And, man, I'm, there's times the Holy Ghost to come in that room. I don't mean I saw anything, but just fill up the room. 
I sat there as I remember one time as a boy and just, I was reading about uh, Brother Branham and the prophet's ministry and how God used him and didn't know anything about that. But I mean, I just began to cry from the presence of the Lord in that room. I didn't know what it was and it was good and just lay there and praise God and thank God. How many understand that's what should be going on? Instead of non-stop nudity and violence on yeah. 10 TVs in the house. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? Amen. So that's why people are messed up. Because they don't have that environment. They have this other. Right? Filled with praise. Hearing mom and daddy praising God and praying in tongues. Instead of screaming at each other and slapping each other. And, right? Breaking the furniture. Right? And I tell you what, Phyllis and I have seen this over the years. You can tell by looking at the children. It's not hard. You watch the children. They'll tell you what kind of environment they're living in. If there's peace in the home, then the child's peace settled. Right? They reflect what's going on in the house. And if we do the right thing, we could shut the door to the devil in our house and in our home and in our family. And we could have both doors wide open to the Holy Ghost and the angels of God. Amen. Because we invite him every morning and every night and at midnight and all the time we praise him. And I tell you, the Holy Ghost manifests where he's reverenced, where he's appreciated. God manifests where he is revered. So praise him in front of your children. Right? Where do we praise him? In front of our children. Now here's another place. Go to verse uh, Psalm 22. Here's another place we should praise him. Psalm 22. Now you know what the real issue with this is, don't you? Anybody know? It's remembering it tomorrow morning. It is. I mean, this is for naught. If it doesn't change your life at all. If nothing changes in your life, then you're not a doer. You are me. So the thing is to remind ourselves, and you know, you might forget it for a little bit, but if you'll do something every day, week after week, for just a few weeks, it won't take long. It'll begin to be natural to you, right? And it'll just be normal to you. And now you're established in a better lifestyle. One that God has better access to. In Psalm 22, we're asking and answering the question, where should we praise the Lord? What's the first answer? At home. In front of the kids. In front of the grandkids. Right? I mean, don't you hesitate. You got that grandbaby sitting on your lap? Don't you hesitate. Men, I'm talking to also now. Men. Men. Don't you hesitate. Lift up your hands and go praise the Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. It's a shame that so many preachers and men of God have been portrayed as weak. We were seeing something on TV the other day. And it was supposed to be this preacher. And I finally, I told Phyllis, I said, that guy's the weakest thing in the house. Turn that off. And you know, even in the old shows, I mean, the preachers used to get under the wagons and hide. Right? (laughs) You know, when the Indians attacked. Whatever. (laughs) Or even, you know. You, you see any different indications when uh, the pressure was on that, you know, they became a preacher because they couldn't be a real man. What does that say about Jesus? How many believe Jesus is a real man? Best man there's ever been. Right? Real man of God. Right? Anything weak about that? Oh, it takes so much more strength. Than anything else you're talking about. But the reason I bring that up. Is because there's this. Remnant of this stuff. That men act like it's an acknowledgement of weakness. If I lifted my hands and praised God. 
or out loud said some of these things. Well, then people think I'm a fanatic. What do they think you are now? (laughs) Worldly? Just like everybody else that's not saved? Huh? Which would you rather have? No, you don't have to be weird. Because the big thing here that separates the error from the genuine is that you're not doing anything for anybody else's benefit. You're not showing off for anybody. You're not trying to prove anything to anybody. That's where people do things that are distasteful and actually a bad witness. They're praising God loud in a public place. They're talking in tongues in the restaurant. And they're not doing it between them and God. They're doing it for these other people's benefit. Trying to show them something. Now that's wrong. And that makes it harder for other people. Because it turns people off. Even sinners know it ain't right. They don't sense no presence of God. They don't see, They just see somebody acting weird. So don't do that. But on the other end of the spectrum, never are you ashamed of God in front of anybody. Right? And if you praised God and somebody noticed it, they just noticed what's normal for you to do. That's what you do at your house all the time. That's what you do everywhere you are. You're not doing it for anybody else's benefit. That's just who you are. It's what you are. And you're not ashamed of it. You don't have to make apologies for it or excuses for it. Right? Because it's what everybody should be doing. Right? If they're not doing it, they should start doing it. Everybody. We should praise the Lord at home. In front of our kids. In front of our spouse. Psalm 22 tells us somewhere else. We should praise the Lord. Are you there? Psalm 22. 22. Psalm 22, 22 said, I will declare your name unto my brethren in the midst of the congregation will I praise you. Hallelujah. Look at verse 25. My praise shall be of you in the great congregation. How many believe we'll have a great congregation for this thing is in every way. But great in size and volume as well. In the great congregation, I'll pay my vows before them that fear him. The meek will eat and be satisfied. Somebody say, that's us. He'll satisfy our mouth with every good thing. We'll be satisfied. They shall praise the Lord that seek him. Your heart shall live forever. Glory. Glory. Without turning to it, the Bible says uh, in Psalm 109.30, I will greatly, well, turn there. You got time. Psalm 109. Psalm 109.30. What does it say? I will greatly praise the Lord with my mouth. With what? Have you ever heard people say, well, now. That's just not me. I'm more reserved. I just praise the Lord quietly in my heart. And in my own silent meditation. And people are different. And some people are just not as vocal as you faith life folks. (laughs) Look at the back of your book. Does that say anything about faith life on there? It just says what? Bible. This ain't a faith life thing. This ain't a Pentecostal thing. This ain't a charismatic thing. Word of faith thing. This is a a Bible thing. And we've already seen it before. And you'll see it again. How often he talks about letting the praise of God be where? In your mouth. We'll read other places where he said with a loud sound. Right? With a loud voice. It does something for you. When you lift up your voice. Now if you study the word. You see how important the spoken word is. That you release faith through the words of your mouth. Spoken into this world. I mean it's a huge thing. So important. 
Well, then that's what praise is. You release love to God. You release faith in God. You release adoration and exultation through the words of your mouth. And when you lift your voice to do it, you find you come up. You come up, you draw near to God. What did he say he would do? He draws near to you. He inhabits our praises. So you lift your voice. And oh, there's something about a bunch of like-minded believers coming together and they all lift their voices in one accord praise to God oh man the New Testament the book of Acts talks about places times where the house was shaken I mean the presence of God shook the building where they were praying and praising God right we lift our voices what our text say let us exalt his name Together, together, let us. And I'm going to stand here at the church. You ain't seen nothing yet. I mean, we just getting started in this. You talk about some public praise. Woo! We may have some times where we praise God the whole time. Because that's the way the Lord's leading. Amen. But we must not do it. As a show for anybody else. We must not do it for anybody else's benefit. We do it as unto Him. We're singing to Him. We're praising Him. Glorifying Him. So he said in the great congregation. He said in 109. I will greatly praise the Lord with my mouth. Yea, I will praise Him what? Among the multitude. The multitude. So we praise God privately. We're answering the question from the Bible. Where do we praise the Lord? We praise Him privately in front of our kids. In front of our family. Every day. Right? If we're doing the first part we talked about last week. If we're praising Him every morning and every evening. Then somebody's going to hear it around the house. Right? I mean, it's going to automatically take care of this next thing. But your children should hear you talking about the Lord. They should hear the reverence in your voice. Right? So much that children and grandchildren learn, so much of it even is not vocal. It's between the lines. It's the spirit of what they hear. It's your countenance they see while you're praising God. They learn through all these ways. And what you hold is precious, they will learn to hold is precious. What you learn to do, they'll do. And it's precious. You watch little ones. They come into this world like a clean sheet of paper. And just, I mean, just it's amazing. Just a few months after being around their folks, they start taking on their characteristics. And little, I've seen little ones, you know, they can't walk or talk yet. But they know how to do this. That's wonderful. Where'd they learn that? Well, they saw mom and daddy doing it. They saw them doing it at the church, right? Thanks be unto God. Thank you, Lord. Praise Him in private at home, in front of your kids, grandkids. Praise Him where else? Where? In the congregation. Then is it okay for half the people to sit and watch the other half? It happens all the time, right? Every service, you see people, and all they do is stand. People say, well, that's what I like to do. Okay, fine. But that don't mean it's okay. We love you. But the Bible is the Bible to you just like it is to me, right? Are we supposed to open our mouth? Yeah, and as we, we read later here in the New Testament, the Bible talks about lifting up holy hands without wrath. And that. See, people think that's just those strange, you know, faith life folks. Hey, it's been in the Bible a long time before we ever got here. Right? This is the Bible. It's just people have gotten away from the Bible. And they want to do their own thing. And I tell you, the devil, through a myriad of ways, he does, oh, if there's things that he doesn't want you to do, he does not want you praising God aloud. Oh, no. Oh, he does not want you opening your mouth saying, thank you, Jesus. Oh, 
No. The more you do that, he loses control in your life. He loses influence. He loses place where he can manifest himself. Because when the presence of God comes in, the devils go out. That's the way it always works. And so uh, if you haven't been getting in, let me encourage you. Just try it. Just try it. See what's going on. Go ahead and open your mouth. You don't have to shout everybody else down, but at least, you know, say something loud enough that your own ears can hear it. Right? And you don't have to wave your arm, flail it, but, you know, at least get it started that direction. Right? And uh, and so much of what is happening in some folks' lives, now maybe people in other places we won't talk about here tonight, but uh, a lot of it is pride. What if somebody sees me? Well, they're seeing you now. They're seeing you not praise God. And that's not a good thing. Right? What if somebody knows, what if somebody I do business with is in here and sees me? They'll think I'm like the rest of this fanatical bunch. Everyone should be so blessed. <laughs> if you hadn't noticed yet, we're a happy bunch. We're blessed. We're healed. We're rich. We're spirit-led, and we're just getting going good. It's only going up from here. Would God everybody was at least as blessed as us. The world would be a wonderful place. No, just go ahead. Act on the Word. Don't do it because I said so, because the Word says so. Go ahead and open your mouth. and In the midst of the congregation, and I tell you what you'll find You'll be lifted up. You know, again, my father in the faith, Brother Hagin, he tells a story in the early days of his ministry. He grew up in a certain denomination where they didn't do a lot of vocal praising God. And he got filled with the Spirit, and he started going to some other places, and he thought they were strange. This particular place he went to, folks would come down to the front and just pray out loud and praise God out loud, and he wasn't used to that. So he'd stay in the back. And just kind of kneeled down. He said one day the pastor came by and said, uh, are you a Christian? He said, yeah, I'm a preacher. He said, well, go down to the front and pray. It won't hurt you. <laughs> he said, well, it kind of offended him. You know, he thought, well, I don't guess it would hurt me. No, I never heard of prayer hurting anybody. So he got up and said he wandered down to the front. And he finally, the piano was down there. So he figured out he could get behind the piano. And so he got behind there and they all, cause they was all praying so loud and, and you know, he didn't like that. And he said he ventured to say to one of them, he said, you know, God's not hard to hear it. Why, why do y'all shout like that? They said, no, and he's not nervous either. <laughs> so he decided he's going to prove them wrong. So he went home and he got in his Bible and he's going to go through the book of Acts and see how they prayed. And, you know, and he said he couldn't find one place where they ever called on Deacon Jones to lead while everybody else was silent. He saw again and again where they lifted up their voice unto God. And he said, he, you know, trying to disprove them, he convinced himself that he was supposed to pray out loud and put. So he said next time he thought, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to run down there in the middle with the rest of them. And he just walks down in the middle and threw his hands up and started praising God. He said, oh my. He said, man, he had, he was lifted up in prayer higher than it ever been before. Said he thought he about half floated home that night. Just from, well, what it is, is faith. Faith acts on the word. If you don't act, it means you're not convinced. You're still checking it out. You're not in yet. You're just uh, kind of scoping. You hadn't decided. Well, you're not going to get results yet either. You got to decide. Go ahead and get in. Right? <laughs> oh, God's talking to some folks tonight. <laughs> you got to decide. This is not between me and you now. This is between you and your God. You got to decide. How much you gonna get in? And friend, you what? The more you get in, the more you yield, the more you cooperate, the more blessed you'll be. The more real God will become to you. And that's what Christianity is about. Now here's something else. Here's another place. Where should we praise the Lord? In Psalm 18. 
What's our first two? Praise Him at home. In front of your kids. Right? Where else? You might say praise Him privately. Right? And that's first. And then what else? Publicly. Raise up your voice out loud. Lift your voice with a bunch of other people. Praising God. Right? And then here's another thing. Where should we praise the Lord? Psalm 18. Psalm 18. And down about verse 46. Psalm 18, 46. The Lord lives. Yes, he does. And blessed be my rock. Is that your rock? Yeah, that's what we're counting on. Let the God of my salvation be exalted. It's God that avenges me and subdues the people under me. He delivers me from my enemies. Yea, you lift me up above those that rise up against me. You've delivered me from the violent man. Isn't that wonderful? Should you fear violent crimes against you and your family? No, because God's delivered you. Right? I'll fear no evil, for you're with me. Therefore will I give thanks. Now, are you with me? Verse 49. Therefore will I give thanks unto you, O Lord. Where? Among the heathen. And sing praises to your name. Where? Same place. Among the heathen. Now, we've already talked about that you shouldn't, you know, some people have brought reproach because they've gone out trying to prove something to somebody and, you know, jump up on the table in the restaurant and start screaming out loud and supposed to be praising their tongues or something. And it just, they were doing it for the people's benefit that's watching them, trying to prove something to them. That's not good. That's wrong. That brings reproach. That's not a good witness. But on the other side of this, we must stir up ourselves and be strong that we are never ashamed of the Lord in front of anybody. We are not intimidated by anybody. Right? And we will not deny the Lord. We will not deny our faith or what God has done for us and how real He is to us no matter who we're looking at. No matter who's listening to us, no matter who we are around. Now, most people agree with that in theory, but fade when they get around certain people. Right? And that's not right. I mean, that is a reproach. It is actually, it's unfaithfulness. It's betrayal. How many understand what a serious thing that is? I mean, that shows a serious defect of character in a person. That's what happened with Peter. Right? That's what happened. How many understand that's not the last person it happened to? It has happened so many times. Phyllis and I have been in situations. You know, you wish you hadn't, but we have. In situations where people that we thought were our friends. We hung with them. Ate with them. Did stuff with them. And then something come up and they thought somebody else didn't like us. And all at once they were unavailable. Act like they didn't know us. And you're like, huh? Because they didn't think we were popular anymore. I said to the Lord about one of these situations, I said, Lord, these folk were my friends. He said, you thought they were your friends. Real friends don't do that. Right? And, you know, Phyllis and I have been in several situations where the Lord told us, he said, just be quiet and I'm going to show you who your friends are. And it wasn't very fun. Because several folk we thought were our friends, they just weren't there. They bailed. But the ones who did came shining through. You can tell. How many want to be the Lord's friend? 
you want to be there for him, then that means you don't wilt. You don't change. You're not a different person in this church building than you are on the job. You're not a different person talking with me and Phyllis than you are your boss or your customers or somebody you think it's got money or somebody that's got position. Right? You do not change. You do not change. That's what he said. I'll praise the Lord in front of my kids. I'll praise the Lord in the great congregation. And I will praise the Lord in front of the heathen. Well, heathen, you know, they're not going to hear about it. But that doesn't mean you change because they're wrong. Hmm? And if people look down their nose at you and go, oh, you're one of them. (laughs) Do you have anything to be ashamed of? Now, am I just wasting my time here tonight on this? Or is this a big area? Do people fade? Oh. It's amazing. How people will change when somebody else walks in the room. Well, that's unfaithfulness, isn't it? It's hypocrisy. No. I tell you what, I know some friends of ours, uh, some people came to them and tried to talk bad about us to them. And they got about a sentence into it and they said stop how do you know that well so and so told me that so and so said and somebody's second cousin told their sister's brother that they knew for a fact (laughs) they said well have you talked to brother Moore about this oh no no They said, well, we want you to know they're some of our best friends. And we don't want to hear it. We don't believe it. Now, that's a friend. We're not there. We're halfway across the country. Right? They could have said anything they wanted to say. But they didn't. Well, how much more should you do that for your God? For your Lord? Man, he stood up for us. I said he stood up for us. Didn't he? He stood up for us before Pilate. He stood up for us. And he faced the cross. And he faced sin. And every day he ever lives to make intercession for us. He's there for us. We got to be there for him. Right? We do not fade. We do not fade. Now, thank God for the freedoms we have in this country. We can stand here and preach and shout about whatever we want to in the Bible tonight. There are things in the works right now to take away some of these freedoms from us. And there are places on the earth tonight that if you stand up and speak boldly and claim Jesus, it could cost you your life on the spot. And people like to think they don't think this way, but people are being martyred right now. In the earth. You don't have to look back to years past. It has happened this year. People killed. Just because of their faith. Just because they would not deny the Lord. And we got to have that same commitment. Right? Even though somebody's not putting a gun barrel in our face. Saying you deny Jesus or you die. We shouldn't be any less committed. Than our brethren throughout the world. That are dealing with these things. Right? How much more when we have freedom should we be unintimidated and unashamed? Hallelujah. Unashamed. Say out loud, unashamed. Unashamed, among other things, unashamed to praise the Lord. People will cuss in front of you, right? Unintimidated. They'll talk about sin in front of you. Right? Stories told about Brother John Osteen, you know. And he was in doing some business, and this guy was the head of this particular company, and he was 
blowing cigar smoke in his face and just cussing every other breath. And it happened and it happened and happened. They all got in the elevator and going somewhere together. And finally, Brother John just started saying, glory to God. Bless the Lord. Praise God. And he said, the guy just looked at him, about swallowed his cigar. He said, what? He said, I demand equal time. He said, you going to cuss him? I'm going to praise him. And the fellow said, I I can respect that. And people do. A lot of people will. They'll respect you a lot more for having a backbone. Did you hear me? Than mealy-mouthing around and fading and being afraid to talk about the Lord. Because somebody come in that you think has some position or power or money. No. People respect people who hold their convictions. Right? Who don't fade and change blown about with every changing wind go with me to acts i'm thinking about closing but what's the hurry (laughs) acts 16 i know these things sound too simplistic for people but they're not are they we ask a simple question like where do you praise the lord Well, when the Bible tells you specifically, you should go and look at it and think about it. And revelation comes when you do, doesn't it? Acts, the 16th chapter. Of course, Bible readers know where we're going. But it's a perfect illustration of what we just got through reading about. Paul and Silas been preaching the gospel where it has not been preached before. And they got in trouble. And they cast the devil out of a uh, psychic friend. (laughs) And the people wasn't making enough money on their hotlines after that. So they got mad and found some laws to where they could throw these preachers in jail. There are things in the works right now in this country. To make it against the law for us to preach on certain things and do certain things. Just reading Bible. So we need to believe against it and stand against it. But anyway, they threw them in jail. Verse uh, 23. So when they laid many stripes on them. They beat the pudding out of them. (laughs) They, They threw them in prison. They charged the jailer to keep them safely, who receiving such a charge thrust them into the inner prison, made their feet fast in the stocks. Man, they want to make sure they're not getting away. And at midnight, backs bleeding. This is not at the house, right? This is not comfortable. This is not in the midst of the great congregation with the supercharged organ and a thousand other saints praising God or worshiping God. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. This is in a cold, dark, stinky jail cell. Your feet and your ankles are hurting. Your wrists are hurting. And your back has been cut open and bleeding. What would a lot of people do? <laughs> Cry. That's exactly right. They would have been crying and moaning and groaning and feeling sorry for yourself. Hmm? And when people get in the flesh like that, they want to blame somebody. Right? So uh, Silas might have said, Paul. Man, you must have missed God. (laughs) I ain't never been in jail before. Now this is on my record. (laughs) Man, why did I follow you? But no, they're not blaming each other. They're not griping. They're not complaining about their state. They're not complaining about if they're hot or cold. They're not complaining about their back. They're not complaining about the smell. They're not complaining about anything. 
What'd they do? They prayed. Always a good thing to do. And. And. Sang praises unto God. Quietly in their own way. Huh? (laughs) What? How many understand this is New Testament? New Testament. They sang praises unto God. They weren't singing to each other. They weren't singing to the prisoners. They're singing unto God, to God. But they're doing it loud enough that the prisoners heard them. I mean, I suspect that was a new sound in this cold, dark place. Normally, you heard crying and sobbing and groaning. But tonight, it was the Paul and Silas duet. And they prayed a while. And how many understand every faith prayer ends in praise? If you believe God heard you, if you believe God granted your request, you don't just keep begging and pleading indefinitely. You got to stop asking and begin thanking and praising. And boy, they lit up that place and they filled up that place with praises unto God until all the prisoners are just sitting back in their corner listening. How many believe the presence of God? Had begun to manifest. Well there's no doubt about it. In just a few words later here. Right. While they are singing. Praises unto God. The prisoners heard them. And suddenly. There was a great earthquake. But this is no ordinary earthquake. The foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were open. And everyone's bands were loosed. This is a precision earthquake. (laughs) The power of God shook that place. How many believe the presence of God could be felt throughout that old prison? And I mean every shackle fell off. The stocks broke loose. And every door popped open. How many believe what a beautiful picture this is of what happens to bondages? What happens to oppressions? What happens to burdens and yokes when you pray in faith and then you praise God loud enough for other people to hear you? You worship God and praise God until the shackles are shaken off. Oh, glory to God. Stand up on your feet begin to praise the Lord. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.